the Freelance Dance, a weekly conversation between three experienced freelancers who are navigating the ups and downs and the ins and outs of the freelance dance. My name is Jake Knight, joined by my co-hosts, Marty Theory and Brandon Watts. Welcome to the Freelance Dance. Yeah, so guys, I think today is the day that we we talk about our deepest emotional um <laughs> our feelings we really we just really we dig deep Do we um have, can i can i uh put on some nice calm music real quick or oh, do some slow jazz <laughs> would you yeah do some slow jazz nice nice piano soft this, ground if i can get some chimes the, in the background this, yeah this is the nice slow freelance dance <laughs> yeah this is the this is the slow dance um like no I, I i think uh so just uh, just before we hit record kind of talking about this but this i this this concept of imposter syndrome slash you know freelance on your own comparing yourself to others struggling to kind of find your place especially when you might see other people other teams other companies that look like they got it together and then you know how can you measure up so it's a an overarching topic of just like how do you a address it, but then the B maybe what are some strategies that you found to like kind of get past some of those things? So, with that in mind, um, I would like to hear from Marty first on like what's his what's your take with like the imposter syndrome and like you know, either now or back when you first started or, or whatever, what, what's been your dance with that? Well, I think anyone who has to, who is self-taught is probably going to be, it's probably going to feel that way regardless, because they're always, you know, when you're first trying to learn how to do something, uh, there's a million different ways to go, go about it. And there's things you know, there's the known knowns and then there's the known unknowns and then there's the unknown unknowns, right? <laughs> you don't know, you don't know what you don't know, right? So, um, <clears throat> especially in the industry of design and development, building websites and apps and uh, there's, you know, JavaScript, uh, backend, frontend, uh, CSS, anything that you're, you know, design, UX, uh, all these different disciplines all have so many smart people, smart things that are smart people behind them that you're, you can get overwhelmed. Um, you know, that's, you know, that's what you got, you're going up against. And so, yeah, definitely. I mean, you can definitely feel like you're that imposter syndrome is like, all right, well I created this. So is this good? <laughs> Are you going to, is everyone going to like this? Um, uh, just being able to feel comfortable after you've done something is only going to happen with experience, I think. And, and just, um, and then, and just keep having an open mind. I mean, that's the only way that I've been able to get to it, get through it is basically having an open mind, being okay, embracing the uncomfortableness saying, okay, this is somewhere I'm, I'm going to be able to learn. Uh, and, just keep working, keep working, keep, keep trying to learn. So I think, I think it's important as we just kind of like threw that expression out there, there might be people that, you know, haven't heard of that expression, imposter syndrome. You can kind of guess by, 
you know, the words, what it might mean, but oh, defining it. Yeah. There's actually the American Psychological Association actually has an article that the, the headline is feel like a fraud. And this is what the little byline was. It says, you're not alone. Many graduate students question whether they're prepared to do the work they do. It says, here's how to overcome that feeling and recognize your strengths. So I, I think that kind of is a nice like synopsis of it, that it's like a very real specific form. This is from the article of intellectual self-doubt. Um, it can often be accompanied by anxiety and sometimes even depression. Um, so it's feeling like you aren't qualified or worthy to do the work that you're doing. You know, whether you have training or not, it's not doesn't necessarily, you know, there's no like, you don't reach a master's degree and all of a sudden feel like you don't have this. It just is you're at a different level, probably speaking from someone who doesn't have a master's degree. So I don't know who's right us tell us what that is. Um, so that <laughs> what you said, what you said, Marty, that's good. Um, so Brandon, I'm just curious. Well, actually, I'll get a follow up question. But I'm, I'm curious, Brandon, what's what's your what's your dance with that? Mm, constant struggle. Yeah, I feel like you think you would have imposter syndrome at the start of your career, and, and many do. And I think I did too, to some extent, but I feel it more now. And I, I've come to realize it's partially because of social media, even though I'm not directly connected to it very often. Um, I have started to use LinkedIn more because of the way I'm, I'm doing some sales and just kind of talking about things I'm working on. So I am spending more time on LinkedIn than I ever have. And that's been very educational. But I think it's developed more for me because you start to see everyone at the top of their game in your fields, you know, doing amazing things. And you just can scroll through feeds and feeds and feeds of people that are just doing incredible work that you would love to do and working with clients you'd love to work with. And you just successful. see this thrown in your face. Yeah. Successful people thrown in your face. Um, I think that's why that for me, that's probably why it's developed more as time has gone on and not the start of my career when there was no social media and it was all about you and what you did one-on-one -on -one with people. You weren't comparing yourself. You didn't see the inner workings of what people were doing. It was a lot more hidden that way. So that's what I blame it for. And even not being a really active user personally of social media, you still see these things because you read the trade publications and you see it. Um, but I think the thing that's, there's a couple things that have helped me. Um, one was coming coming into contact with people that you view as influential and high in their fields saying that they struggle with it like you're thinking how could they possibly feel like an imposter when they have like 200 of the leading companies in the world as their clients and their you know keynote speakers you would think how could you feel like you're not good enough but everyone feels that way to some degree so hearing that helps you to calibrate your brain the other thing is a saying i've heard several times on some podcasts which is like what you see is someone's onstage moment. You don't see the behind the scenes that got them to the onstage moment. Like you're seeing them in their best light. You're not seeing them struggling over trying to write a sentence that's killing them. And you know, all the things that we all experience when we're trying to develop things. So you have to view, like if you go to a Broadway show or you know something like that, you're seeing the perfection of their skill, but think of the months and years it took to get to that point. So that does help you to get your mind right and realize we're all performing to some extent. And it's really the grind that is what's making you who you are in your, your job career, whatever it is, it's, it's behind the scenes work. So. Yeah, that's, yeah, no, you're definitely right about looking at, and you said something that I, I think is, is hard about that comparing, 
right? You saw, you, you said like you can compare yourself with other people and that's really what this is. You're, you're not taking yourself for that, that you're capable of those things. And I was thinking, I remember one of the first, um, when I first got into web development, I knew CSS was the way to go. It was just as the end of like tables were kind of a thing and people were building website with tables and all the, all the blogs said like, don't design website with tables because that's horrible. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know CSS yet. So Dreamweaver had like a thing where you could like design it in like their WYSIWYG and then, you know, it would build out the CSS for you. I had knew nothing about design. So I know, I know at that point I had no boxes to constrain, constrain myself, you know, no natural alignment of things. And so coffee shop came to me and wanted, you know, websites. So I put it some together and showed it to him. And I remember it's like probably one of the first or second websites I, I did. And uh, she goes, or I was showing her an example of somebody else's site. That's what it was. And she goes, they liked this. I was like, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Well, it's what they wanted. I mean, they told me that's what they wanted. And she goes, it doesn't like, I mean, it looks like it's a mess. I, that, she was super brutal. And uh, I remember thinking it like that hit hard because I, at that moment, I was like, you know what? I had stepped out of my comfort zone and I'd done something that I thought was good but somebody who was much older, you know, she was a probably, I know I was in my early twenties and she's probably in her mid to late fifties and had seen the world. And I don't know her background, but it was the first time that I had somebody like openly criticize like a work thing, you know? Cause like when you're, you know, you're young and you're working and you miss a spot on the floor mopping over there. Okay. You know, mopping the floor. But like when you do something creative, like it's a piece of you that you're putting out. So then it feels like a direct hit, you know, like shields down, uh, direct hit. So that was probably the first time I re I felt that way to kind of question, like, should I be doing this? And, and instead of saying I shouldn't be, I was like, you know, what? I need to be more educated on these things. Like, I need to like understand design. I need to understand. So that's the direction I went. Jake, but you that, know what's really good about that? I think yeah, is that that doesn't happen to a lot of people, unfortunately. First thing is is that mm. they don't show they don't show people. So then they always think that they're either good or, and then are not <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Or no, you know, they never know, or they, uh, they just stop. They just, they're like, you know what, this is not, I, you know, I wasn't able to, I'm not going to finish this or I'm not going to do it anyway. So I'm never going to do, I'm never going to go down this path. Um, I do feel like, I do feel like you, by you just going out there and experimenting and, I mean, uh, this is kind of the opposite of imposter syndrome. This was like, this is, you know, you don't, you know, this is how, this is how you get rid of imposter syndrome actually is, mm. is getting that feedback right away and understanding, okay. Oh yeah. You know what? I know what I need to work on. I know what I need to, to, to do, to do, to make it better. Um, a lot of times if you have imposter syndrome, it's almost like you have no idea what to do to make it, to make it better because these, all these people that you're oh, in the room sure. with, all these people that you're in the room with, are all there and you're there too, but you know, maybe they all know how they got there and they all got, you know, the criticized heavily. Maybe you didn't, and maybe you don't know why you're here. And you know, maybe you just stumbled into, into it or you got just happened to copy some good designs or copy mm-hmm. this, or was able to, was able to achieve us a, a certain amount of success. And then all of a sudden, you know, why am I in the same room with this person? Uh, you know, and so never getting that initial feedback or, or the stuff that you were, you know, you didn't have that path to follow. Um, and that's, I think that happens a lot with, impo- with people who think they haven't, or people who have imposter syndrome, they don't know what path to go down. They don't know how to get, get to from A to B. Um, 
And so criticism, well, not criticism, but feedback or instruction or something, somebody, a mentor, somebody telling you, Hey, that's not right. You should do it this way. Oh, okay, cool. Now I know how to do it. You know what? I actually, this is a breakthrough. I'm having a, like a breakthrough moment here <laughs> because, because it's funny. It's seriously, man. Like I, am I, am I paying for this therapy? This is wonderful. Um, this is free. Uh, I think into this point, I thought I, I thought I, I had that, like, I thought I could have put myself in the imposter syndrome bucket, but I think there is a difference based on what you just said of just natural insecurities about versus the imposter syndrome. Um, and after you said that, I was like, you know what, that reminds me, I grew up in, you know, my mom was a dance teacher and I did ballet, you know, my entire life, you know, till graduating high school and, you know, some professional in that space, you are criticized. There's like, I used to actually tell my students when I taught that, like, there's a thousand ways to do it wrong. There's only one way to do it right. Like when it, when it comes down to like a specific move or a tech, you know, technique and that it's a very structured framework. So getting that, like putting yourself out in front of an audience and then, from a young age, I was okay with like, they might like it. They might not. Was I naive in thinking that it was always great. I watched some videos feedback or, you know, after the fact that we're not good, not good. Um, so I, I do think, and it could have been, you know, my wife could have encouraged me to like step up and see, but I think to your point that may be part of just my personality of like, I don't want to be bad at something. So if I'm going to do it, which is why I actually eventually got out of design for a short while, because I went to a Photoshop conference in Boston tried to like immerse myself in this space to like, let me understand and get this stuff in. And I still just like innately, it didn't come to me. It wasn't after working for like, you know, in UX for the past few years of like spending time actually diving into design theory and just, you know, some of that stuff to give, to give me some more confidence in that space. But um, so, okay. So maybe I don't have imposter syndrome. Maybe I just have insecurities and I hate people judging me. That could just be a thing. <laughs> um, so so if, if that's, you know, both of you, you know, as we talked about it, and I've obviously got some things that I think are important, but um, Brandon, what do you, and you did touch on some of this with your, with your uh, comments about it, but I'm curious if you like, what would you go back and tell, if you could tell your past self, your past uncertain self, like some of those times, like what would you have, what do you wish you would have known then or, or told yourself then? Mm. I need to tell myself those things now too. That's part of it. Mm. Um, yeah, I, one thing I, I just was thinking about an example, an example that's really productive for this is I have to do a lot of writing and I used to write for publications and blog and magazines and all that stuff for like 11 years. And of course, PR is still largely writing, but one of the most productive things you can ever do is work with an editor and it's terrifying like when you submit, even in a company, when you're like exchanging press releases or case studies and you're working on it collaboratively and someone's over you technically to edit your work, it's really humbling in a good way though. The first five seconds of looking at the track changes on that document are the most horrifying moments of your life <laughs> because you do see that they have good feedback. Like you, you also realize that you aren't the smartest pers person in the world. It takes a team effort. Um, and I, that has been really beneficial for me actually has been working with an editor. And I know that sounds counterproductive because they're telling you things you need to change, but kind of like what Marty said, it's the same point. You have to be told what you did wrong. At least then you can make the changes versus just it being in this weird neutral zone where you don't know what you did wrong or if you, if you're doing what's right. So that's a, that's a really valuable experience. And I think writers learn that pretty quick because 
even the best writers in the world, I mean, best-selling authors, you better believe when they submit their manuscripts, to their publishers, it comes back with red all over it. Like it gets heavily edited and the, and the changes are, are positive. Like they make the product better. Um, so the writers still have that imposter syndrome. I mean, I think that's actually really prevalent in the writing community, but there's something about that collaboration with someone else that gets you through it and gives you a next step. So you're not dwelling on the insecurity you're dwelling on, you know, what do I have to do next to get this moving forward? So that's an experience I've had and it does, it does help a lot. I mean, I, I just wrote a contributed article for a publication, fired it off. The editor came back in like 15 minutes with the most amazing changes, like subtle, but they made the article better. And that, that again, taught me that lesson. Like don't get too caught up in your own head, work with others. It's always a productive experience. You know, that's why you work with a team. That's so valuable, man. That is, I actually wrote down work with an editor, like, but I, I think it's important to find somebody that, you have a, a good relationship with that is not, I mean, it's not necessarily a peer who you're both fighting for the same thing and have them. Cause that could only further the imposter syndrome thing. If they come back and say, well, no, I would change this, this, and this, but somebody that you trust and, and not your mother. Yeah. 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 Mentor type. More of a mentor type. If you can, I think, um, I think especially if in the freelance space and especially right now in this COVID times, um, it's going to be hard to, um, to get that feedback, especially from people you trust. Um, that's why I think it, it probably is important to find people who are in the industry or the, or, or, or people who, and there's, here's the thing. There are a bunch of jerks out there and mm-hmm. there are a bunch of, bunch of really nice people. And I think there's probably more nice people than jerks. And I think if you reach out to some of these people, especially these people that you maybe you admire or maybe you want to talk to about being a better designer, a better writer, a better uh, coder, uh, there's a lot of people out there who, first of all, you, you probably find them on YouTube because they're sharing stuff for free already. They're sharing how to do, do stuff for free. And there's nothing wrong with asking them or showing them something and say, hey, I'm trying to learn how to do this or do that. And then the second thing, like we've been already talking about is being humble. And being able to take the, take the feedback, take the criticism, take the, Hey, may I, yeah, I've been doing this for five years. So what, you know, there's people have been doing it for 30 years that still have imposter syndrome and still want, still don't know if they're good enough, you know? So, you know, I, I think being humble, being able to take that criticism if possible, you know, if we be being able to reach out and be, you know, to, cause that's, you know, we want to get better at our jobs. That's, I think that's going to, going to help you get paid more or more consistently, yeah. right. Or at least you'll have yeah. one, you know, I, I do have something for you, Jake, I'll pose it to you. So I have never really thought about this concept and I, I know you've done it and I've started to think about it myself where kind of paid coaching in certain aspects, like mm-hmm. not just having a mentor for free or whatever, or bouncing ideas off of them, which is fantastic. And people that do that are amazing that they give the time, but I have actually started to look at the concept of having a, I don't know if you call it a coach. I'm paying them money, but you know, in certain aspects of like productivity or sales or, or whatever it is, are, are just some of these these feelings of kind of how you work, you know, work with your your business and your process. And um, there's there's productized courses. In fact, there's one called Productize, and that's kind of a version of something I've looked at where you pay them money, you get the materials, but you also get to talk to them one on one, and. I'm just curious for you, Jake, if you found that helpful for the 
imposter syndrome because you know what? It's so easy these days to Google anyone like coach on topic and just have someone mm-hmm. you can bounce ideas off of. It's going to cost you money, but it's going to be productive. It's got to be. So I'm thinking about that. Um, I'm actually so glad you brought that up because I kind of forgotten about early on. So I've got two, two, two thoughts on that. Um, and here's a quote my wife actually said, when you're the smartest person in the room, sometimes you have to pay somebody else to be smarter than you. And, and mm-hmm. like sometimes when your circle of friends or like places you're at, like you don't have that other person that is pushing you. You kind of feel like you're driving that. So I was probably early on in my web world and I was feeling this, this definitely wasn't a pot. I feel it was feeling like a fake and like, why am I even doing this? Like, I don't even think I've got the skills to do this. And I was, I hired a business coach. So this is like middle, middle two thousands. Um, it was 600 bucks a month. I was probably only making like 1500 bucks a month. So I was like, holy cow, I don't know. This dude, it was insane just having, so one of the exercises he did, because I was like feeling like a failure and he's like, Who, who's a good friend of yours? And I was like, so I you know, labeled off a friend. He's like, I want you to call him once you ask him this question. And it was, I believe the question was, I might be paraphrasing, um, what do you value about me? Like who, why do you, you don't ever ask anybody that question, right? You don't ever ask that because then it's too vulnerable. Like, you know, I don't, not needy. <laughs> um, and he wanted me to pick three and I don't remember the other two, but I remember this super close friend of mine who had like three really nice things to say about me. And I actually, I got teary eyed when he, when he told me, cause I was like, oh my goodness, that view of myself, that person who I thought I was, that wasn't true. That's not true. Mm-hmm. So I only did that for like a couple of months because it was 600 bucks a month to do a lot of money. (laughs) It was a lot of money. And this was like early 2000. So it might've been, yes. Yeah. Seriously. It's like 40% of my income. Um, So only a little bit, but that was helpful. But more recently, actually this year, um, because I've got ADHD and I, I hired an ADHD coach because I'm like, I don't, I don't know the nuances of this, especially with working. Like, I mean, is there ways to leverage this brain of mine that is so wonderful and terrible at the same time. So some of the things that I thought were ADHD were more like entrepreneurial things. Like, and she helped me understand the difference between the two. Like, Oh, I thought this is like, this isn't part of my brain. No, it's just part of being an entrepreneur. Like there's other people who don't have ADHD who are also have these same feelings. (laughs) You're like, Oh, okay. Um, But also to bounce ideas off of somebody who is more experienced than you are. And I'm willing to pay for that. You know, I mean, I love it for free if you can find someone to do it for free, but I, I do think there's value in going, you know what, and, and I do your research and find, you know, find somebody that you want. It, I mean, there's plenty of charlatans out there who, you know, will take your money and, you know, have done an online course, another certified coach. So do your research. Um, but, but I do think that's a great point to get somebody else to let you know that was a terrible idea or that's a great idea. Um, or here's how to, you know, here's a way to go forward or don't be so hard on yourself. You know, honestly, one of the things I have on my wall is a sign that says stay focused. It's a poster that I had, you know, a canvas I had printed because I learned through that coaching process. I'm a visual person and I need to see it. I need to see something that says stay focused because I get distracted a lot. Reminder. It's a reminder, something but I would never remind you. No stranger who is a friend of mine or maybe that I meet in the business community would ever know that about me or, or recognize that and make that suggestion. So yeah, man, Brian, I'm gra- glad you asked that. I think there's a definite benefit if you can find the right, the right, the right person. Yeah. And that, that came to mind because I have been looking at these different things and, and taking a shift in my business has been humbling and 
you know, I'm, I'm redoing things that I've taken for granted and trying new things. And that talk about feeling vulnerable when you're trying new things after you've done the same thing, you know, okay, successfully, you know, for quite a while, you're just, you get really comfortable, but I was just doing, I was spending some time on that and just typed, you know, whatever the topic was like productizing coach or business coach, or, you know, I, I had some keywords that were important to me, PR coach, whatever, to try to just find people that you could talk to. And, you know, the tools are so good now, you can just book a spot on their calendar right away. You, you book an hour call and you, you pay for it, you know, and it's done and you just get a calendar invite and you show up. It's so easy. And there's so many people that do this in every category of your profession. It's kind of stupid not to at least try it. And so I need to find the right person where I want to take my first step, but I know it's going to be helpful for me because that's why this podcast has been really good because we all work in the same general industry and being able to talk. I mean, it at least gives you people to bounce ideas off of, but you know, I'm looking at more of a formal approach to it and maybe it only happens a couple of times, but I would like to try it out and see what the results are. I think when you talk to your friends about yourself for an hour, they get irritated a coach says, thank you very much. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it just, there really isn't a setting when, cause you need to work through some things and talk about some things. And it's, you feel, I feel guilty, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like I always feel like I'm talking too much. Probably this podcast. Don't write in. <laughs> hate is, hate is going to hate. It's fine. Go cool with that. At underscore freelance dance. That underscore freelance dance. Oh, that's right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's, Okay, so we, we talked a little bit about this actually from the article I mentioned earlier. Um, talk to your mentors was one of the very first things they talked about was talk to your mentors. But a couple other points that I thought was interesting um, was recognize your expertise and rem- remember what you do well. So one of the things I've learned through code, I'm curious your guys' take with this. One of the phrases as I'm having this scenario kind of play back in my mind, because that's what happens. Like you start thinking about something and just like it replays in your mind um, or you have that gut feeling. One of the questions I ask myself now is, do I have proof that this is true? Do I have proof? Can I go back and prove that this feeling I'm feeling, do I have examples of this, like all over the place that this is, this is, so let's say you're a failure. Do I have proof that I'm a failure? <laughs> let's right? just say, let's say you're a total failure in life. <laughs> let's say you're a total failure. Do you have proof of that though? And you, you start honestly being honest with yourself. You're going to go back and you're going to find the opposite of those things. Well, what does, what does, what does reality say? Well, that was successful. This thing was successful. This person recommended me. Um, I've got eight friends on Facebook. You know, they all like me. Um, you know, like, I just think, I think that's mm-hmm. important. To, what do you guys think about that? Like stopping yourself and asking if it's true. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's, that's part of your brain playing tricks on you, convincing you that things are true or making you feel like it's important when it's not. So uh, Yeah. Is this something to actually be thinking about as a good plan? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the first thing. Cause I mean, our brains are filled with stuff that we don't need to be thinking about that are never going to happen. Um, so yeah, no, that's, that's a great place to start. Cause reality is where you want to live. If it's not real, why are you worried about it? Agreed. I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't <laughs> exclamation point. <laughs> There's, I don't think anything, anything else is left to say, but I, I totally agree. Okay, so in your opinion, humble, honest opinion, is it possible to have those feelings, get rid of them, and then they come back again? 
Yes. And no. Oh, yes. As in, I don't think, I, I think that um, you're, you're definitely going to have them. And, you know, if that's your personality that, you know, this is just, it is what it is. And so, uh, you know, there's never really, I don't think you're ever going to, you know, the more, the more successful you're going to get, the more times there could be that you could be, <laughs> I could feel that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more rooms you could go into and say, wow, what am I doing here? Uh, should I really be here? Um, anytime you, anytime you quote unquote level up. Um, but you know, you just gotta, there's a, there's a famous phrase, fake it till you make it. Um, I think that a lot of people have faked it a lot of the times and have made it uh, cause it's not, it's, I mean, it's not always, yeah. it's not always your talent. It's not always, uh, your, your work ethic. Sometimes it is, you just, you did well, it's, you just did the work and you were there and, and it, and it happened. So, you know, that's what it was. There's a, there's a saying in the, the dance industry that says, uh, hard work beats talent when talent won't work. Yep. And I, and I honestly think that's like, you know, that fake it till you make it that, that act of faking it is like, you're working at making exactly. it. It's not, it's yeah. not like you're just pretending to be something you're not. You're like, I'm just trying doing the best I can. I'm just, I'm putting, I'm, I'm putting the work in. And I do think if you're willing to put and you're the there, work in, you're present. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Then everyone, chance. yeah, everyone likes that person better anyways. Everyone likes the person who shows up and that's why they do tend to make it like Marty's saying, because the person who's reliable and trying is always looked upon in a more favorable way than the person who walks in the room and thinks that they already are the expert and everyone should listen to them. Like no one wants to be around that person. Oh, and unfortunately some Dang it. <laughs> get That's out of here. I Jake. just went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's true. I mean, that's, there is something to be said about just a work ethic in general. And man, you look at these people who started like as the janitor at a company and are now the CEO. It's not because they had a master's degree when they were a janitor. It's because they showed up every day did an honest day's work and progressed. I mean, that's how it happens. Yeah, that's kind of factual. Show up and do the work. So that that's probably one of the key things, the takeaways I would say from from this conversation is like the the best way to get rid of this imposter syndrome, just put out more work. Just put out more stuff and just keep doing more stuff. And is is everybody everywhere on the entire planet gonna like what you do all the time? Always? Never. Never. And honestly, some of the most some of the most lucrative jobs serve 0.00001% of the earth's population, right? Like, you know, a PR firm that works with companies in Switzerland. I mean, it's like a tiny, 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 tiny section. Exactly. But, but anyway, so that's, I that's gotta good. Gotta find your niche. Gotta find it. it. So, okay. So if anybody out there feeling this way, remember you're doing a great job and people love you. I think that's like Jack Handy. I think he said that like, <laughs> gosh, darn it. People like you. Um, <laughs> And if okay, you want us so, to be your business coaches, it's $10,000 an hour and we'll, we yes. may get back to you. So please, we'll be well, happy to hear your ideas and tell them, tell you they're terrible. I'm <laughs> having a sale. I'm a, I'm a 8,500 an hour. Oh, uh, yeah, always just discounting. So you know, just always discounting. It's part of my marketing and sales <laughs> approach. Back now, um, 15%. Off. I was going to say it ends in five <laughs> days. Um, okay. So let's, uh, let's flip over to um, my favorite 
and only segment of our show. <laughs> uh, favorite things with the freelance dance. Uh, what do we have this week for our favorite things? Who's going first? I can go first. I don't know do if it. I did this one yet or not. I can't remember. It'll uh, be did, embarrassing. Did I? Did I? Uh, did I tell you guys about this thing called Hazel? It's not ringing a bell. No. It's another piece of software called Hazel. It's all. It's the link a, it's in the more, chat. More about automation. The link is noodlesoft.com. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, is it? Is it now? Right. That's why I didn't want to share it. <laughs> noodlesoft.com. <laughs> Great name. Hazel is the app. Okay. So, uh, you know how like you're downloading stuff and you you just wish that oh man. Uh, but just know where it wants it to go. You just want know where it wants it to go. You just yeah. tell it, hey, you know what? I want that thing to go somewhere on my system as soon as I download it. And this thing does that. Hazel does it. She is, or he, whoever, Hazel, they, they're amazing. Um, I use this. I, this is like a, this is an app that has like essentially um, cleaned, it cleans up your trash bin uh, every, every week, however, however long you just set up these little mini scripts and it goes through and it does what you want. cleans out folders, uh, moves thing automatic, moves stuff automatically. Um, if you have like, you know, I, I use it for a bunch of, bunch of different uses, but, um, one of my main uses is that it removes files from a folder of screenshots that I take on a regular basis. I always take screenshots and it goes into that screenshots folder. Well, after about uh, a day that screenshots folder is deleted because I don't really need that screenshot until I'm, you know, ah, uh, see, stuff, I took a screenshot because like, I have an yeah. intention to use it. They're like, oh, I don't remember that later. And then I never go back to it. Yeah. So. No, I mean, yeah, maybe I, it'll yeah, work for me. for me too. That's cool. Yeah. Stuff, stuff like that. Um, one of, one of the use cases I've heard people use it for is like when you're downloading uh, receipts and based on the file name, that receipt will automatically file itself which is pretty cool. So you don't have to go nice. in and actually move stuff around. It's pretty, it's pretty nice. I actually, you, it's a, I highly recommend this app. It's really nice. Do you think that um, it could put something in a fo folder based on the URL that you're at? Cause that would blow my mind. Cause I have several sites where I download something and it goes, always goes into a specific folder. And if I didn't have to choose folder, it'd be delightful. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't do know some research and let me know. I, I don't want to do it. My, I don't want to do it myself. Okay. It for free. I've got the app. Oh. I bought the app. I bought, I've had it for maybe six months now, but yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it's a really, I, it's my thing. I like. Okay. All right, cool. Um, do you mind if I go next, Brandon? Oh, please. Yes. Okay. Have y'all heard of masterclass? It's so funny. You mentioned that. I'll go ahead, Jake, please take okay. it away. And at the end, at the end, I'll tell you what I was thinking. I didn't do it, but I want you to hear you first. Yeah, go for it. Black Friday sale, two for one. A buddy messaged me and asked me about it. And I was like, actually, I've been wanting to do this. You know, it's 180 bucks a year, but 90 bucks. I'm like, there's one specifically on the art of negotiation, Chris Voss. I've listened to some podcasts with him on it. Like I'm currently in a negotiation type situation with one of my clients. And I was like, it'd really be great to have the upper hand. Um, <laughs> I mean, full, full disclosure, but, uh, so, so I paid for it. Um, the amount 
of content that is inside of this, this app or service is insane. Um, what we were talking about today about self-confidence in the you know workplace and that there's actually, they've got these like, uh, they're called lists and they're snippets from different people. So it was just like one minute to three minute clips from various individuals all around the same topic, because as they're talking through their class, a lot of it's on creativity and arts, but there was one about criticism with your work. And it went through and, and Samuel L. Jackson was one of the, one of the clips. And, and so for, so to get to listen to Samuel L. Jackson for 48 minutes, talk about why he doesn't ever ask a director if it was good. Like if the scene that he did was good, he said in his mind, like, don't ask for feedback. If it's wrong, they'll give you feedback. Cause I, I kind of have a gut if I know it's right. Cause if someone doesn't have any, at the end of a rehearsal, no one has any notes for you. It means you did a good job. He says, so don't look for it unless you're at, so sometimes no news is good news. Um, and it was just, anyway, it was just, it's an, it was an incredible resource to just hear just from another, someone else's perspective that I'm not going to ring Samuel Jackson up on the old telly and say, Hey buddy, I'm struggling with this issue. Can you give me some, give me some gems, but I can pay, see, you can pay people for this stuff, yes. you pay people to get that stuff. Anyway, that's my, that's my, I think if you're, if you are in a space where you want to level up or you want to learn how to cooking from Gordon Ramsay, I mean, shoot, you know, do that, but I love it. I'm a, that is my, that is my thing I like this week. So I have to mention on this, <laughs> first of all, perfect pick considering our topic. That is, that is actually the easiest way into this coaching thing by paying mm-hmm. a subscription service that 180 bucks mm-hmm. for a year and watch everything. I I'm going to recommend that because like you mentioned, it was a Black Friday sale. I actually talked to my wife. I was like, first of all, we both wanted to do this because we thought that will be something fun while it's cold and we're kind of stuck inside anyways to learn something together, you know? So we looked at the masterclass thing and I was like, it's buy one, get one. I need to get this and give the free one to Jake because I know he would love it. And I can't believe you paid for it. I... <laughs> No, don't worry. Because cancel my subscription. Right now. <laughs> wait for the freebie for me. Don't worry. I haven't bought it yet. But it is it's funny because I knew I was like, this is right up his alley. I'm surprised he hasn't talked about this before. But I, I am strongly considering it because there are like seven or eight incredible looking writing courses oh, from dude. like huge authors, nonfiction, fiction, walking you through process, character, story development, all these things factor into business too, PR and and I just want to sit down and, you know, pop some popcorn and watch some of these. They look really good. Um, one other thing I, I didn't mention. So thank you for thinking of me. I appreciate that. And I'm a jerk for being impatient. And I should have just waited for that gift to come from you. Um, uh, so I watched a like three minute clip of Penn and Teller. They actually reveal like how to do sleight of hand and some of those things. Literally, I watched this clip, went upstairs and my niece, we have we, our pod includes my niece. Um, and she's three. And first I did it to Amanda and this like a little sleight of hand thing where a little piece, little ball disappears. And uh, she goes, how'd you do that? And I was like, wait. So I went over to my niece and who's three. And I was like, hey, 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 Harper, you see this? And yep. And I said, watch. And so I picked it up and I grabbed it and I went ready. Boom. And my hand was empty. And her, look on her face. I, I wish I could have recorded that. That three-year-old, her face was just like in complete shock. And she just looked at me and she goes, where is it? It was just, th- it was th- a three minute Penn and Teller clip, but I haven't even seen the whole thing. Anyway, 
the mileage that I plan on getting out of this subscription, I think is going to be long. So do what it. a deal, what a deal to $180 for a year. And I know they're adding a lot of great stuff to come. There's, there's stuff on songwriting from like Alicia Keys. There's, there's all sorts of great stuff on there. So Marty, I guess you'll be my beneficiary if I end up getting it. I've got to give it to someone, but Psychology. yeah, no, exactly. but uh, <laughs> no, we, we, we will probably do it. And hearing that Jake, actually that talk about social recommendations, hearing that you were into it makes me know I'm going to love it. If I spend the money, you so, will love it. You will love it. You will love yeah. it. Yeah. I, I just want to watch some of those writing ones for sure to start. Awesome. Well, well, what's your pick? What's your pick? We're waiting. Well, well you know what it is because I texted you about this. I didn't text you about uh, Masterclass, but I texted you about something non-business related, music music related, but something that I've got my eye on. So it's getting cold outside at the time we record this. Hopefully we record it or we distribute it in winter. <laughs> it's not like a summer release, but <laughs> at the time of this recording, it's December 2020 the year that we shall soon forget but uh because of covid and because it's getting cold and we can't really do as much outside as we've been trying to do even you know throughout this year um here at the beach trying to get back into playing guitar it's i need a hobby desperately it's not work related so i'm trying to get back into it but i I started to just do some random research and heard about this on a podcast believe it or not a business podcast and the guy was talking about a guitar amp I believe it. He's talking about a guitar amp. I've never heard of this company, Positive Grid. Like you think of guitar amps and you think of Marshall and Fender and Vox and, you know, all the names that everyone knows, Line 6. This company, Positive Grid, is like setting the world on fire with this amp called the Spark. They they do have this, this setup, this bias setup, it's called, and it's all these great effects. But anyways, they came out with this amp called the Spark, and it's... If you're into music or guitar, there is a tech story to this because it's super tech connected, but this thing is only, I think the list price is $300, but even right now it's $239 even after Black Friday. So it's it's mm-hmm. aggressively priced, but this amp is pretty sweet. So it's 40 Watts. Uh, I think that's right. I think it's 40 Watts. It's it's in a really small enclosure. 40? Brandon Watts or is that for like electric Watts? Well, buy it and find out. Dad jokes. You're welcome. (laughs) But uh, it's basically the perfect tool to use if you're trying to basically just practice at home or learn some guitar. It's got some great features. Like it does this smart jam thing where you just strum through some chords for a few measures and it learns a beat. It automatically builds a drum track and bass line for you. So you're not just playing by yourself which is awesome. It has auto chords. So you can play anything from Spotify or Apple music, and it's either going to have it in its library and give you the chords, or it's going to listen to the song and generate the chords. And the YouTubers say it's extremely accurate. Like the YouTube community is blown away by this thing, like really big names and guitar. They can't believe this thing works so well. So it's got the smart jam. It's got the auto chords, voice control, the tone engine, you can just type in any song you can think of and immediately get the tone for your guitar. Like, see, this is nuts, man. I have a line six spider. I have a, I have a line six spider that one that does yeah. like has all the tones and everything big two twelve. I don't use it because it's so hard to like dial in all that stuff. Yes. This is, this looks like the perfect amp and I haven't bought it yet, but only because I've set a goal for myself. I've got to learn this solo. I've been trying to work on. If I learn it, I'm probably going to just buy this amp and try to get myself more excited, but it's, 
it's basically everything you could want if you're trying to learn guitar or if you know guitar and are trying to advance. I mean, the ability last to year, just pick your... Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say last year when this came out, or I, I, I know it's, it's it's only been out for a little while. Um, yeah. I know when it first came out, I heard about it and I'm str- I'm trying to learn learn guitar. And this was something that I was seriously considering with whatever guitar I was going to buy at the time. Uh, never worked out, but no, I, I, w- I remember looking at this last year and I mean, this thing, I mean, it's legit. I mean, I, I, I was think so, you sold me. So, I think you seriously. sold me. I wasn't, I was like, impressed. I know you were skeptical. You were skeptical. Super and skeptical you know what about it? We're going to devolve into a, a guitar podcast for a minute here, but <laughs> we, Jake and I have played guitar for a long time. We played in bands growing up. Like we've, we've done the whole thing. We've tried the lines. We remember when line six came out. And mm-hmm. all, you know, using those digital effects for the first when time. Zoom and was a pedal. Remember Zoom pedals? Zoom used to thing. be a pedal, yes, <laughs> and not, not a, a video, conference. video conference. Yeah, but it's just amazing how far this has come. And it's just a really nice looking enclosure too. It's easy to move around. It's not big. It's plenty loud. Two hundred forty dollars. It's just amazing how far technology has come. But to be able to just jam with this thing and it learns through AI how to give you a backing track. And how to give you chords for any song you want to learn and how to give you tones for any song you like. You just you go on your app and say, I want to sound like this. And you immediately sound like it. And it works. I mean, I've I've been stuck down a rabbit hole watching these videos on YouTube and it is amazing. So I'm just giving myself a goal to learn something. So I spend money wisely because I've spent money not so wisely on these things in the past thinking I was going to stick with it. But for 240 bucks, I mean, That's this is like, a dream. You- you can't you can't hardly buy any piece of music equipment for 300 bucks or less i mean i'm very interested is there a watch. buy one get one free would you uh, do that yeah. this time man i Please. wish I'll t- <laughs> i wish on it. watch a couple of the youtube videos jake type this in positive grid spark okay. review and watch the ones with the most views and it, it is it's what you always wanted a guitar amp to be like i know you probably were the guy to bought a bunch of pedals and like try to chain things together in this thing, you just say, I want to sound like this song from whenever, 90s, 80s, whatever, Rolling Stones, and you immediately get the tone dialed in, and you can tweak it, you can go through the chain. It's so cool. You know what's amazing is that I'm surprised it has taken this long, because music is scientific. I mean, it's it's, a, it's notes, right? It's numbers driven. It's not like there's, I mean, there's a limited number of variables in music. So it makes total sense that you could actually create an algorithm that would be able to kind of pick that out, pull that out. I'm this is pretty cool. I'm kind of, I'm gonna, I probably will YouTube some stuff after this and nerd out a little bit. But I'm gonna, gonna I'm, here's my deal. I'm going to sell my line six on Craigslist. And when I sell that, I will buy this. That is that is my I'm not learning a Good. solo. I don't have the bandwidth to sit down and learn a solo, <laughs> which I looked I at either. that one you wanted to learn. And I was like, way to go for an easy one. So like <laughs> 2027 when you learn it. Anyway, well, cool pick, Brandon. That's great. And Marty. Thank you for, mm-hmm. for both of those. So here's what I think we should make a deal that if there's any, ever software that we're buying, let's look at the family pack and then just split it between the, the three of us. <laughs> yeah, good idea. You know? That's a good and idea, just, actually. I will, I, will, yeah. I will pay up for that and we're all going to use it anyway. Um, tutorials. Okay, good idea. Tut- right, tutorials. Yeah, masterclass. I mean, you know, the free version. I can't believe I paid for it. What a sucker. Well, I, I you were smart because I didn't end up getting it anyway, so you wouldn't yeah, have got it, but... I, now true. I think oh, I need true. to pay it. Uh, awesome. All right. Well, well, guys, that was awesome. Awesome hanging out with you tonight and uh, good catching up. And hopefully if you listen to this 
episode, you feel smarter and not dumber. With that said, uh, see you guys next week. All right. See you later. Later. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Freelance Dance. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time. Bye.